0: Flourishing families with Dr. Dora Blatt, the switched-on kids' chiropractor and her passionate friends,
1: sharing the secrets of inspiring wellness to help your families thrive. So I'm really excited to talk about school shoes today. I am with Anna Davies uh, in uh, Newberts, over in Mayfield. Uh, and uh, you've been here for a long time in Davies' shoes.
0: Yes, I certainly have. Um, I've been here probably... Oh, 50 years in this particular store but it's reasonable to say I've had probably 60 years experience in fitting shoes even though all of that wasn't on a full-time basis. I did other things before I took over the business in 50 years ago.
1: Oh right, wow. that's, that's a few years ago. <laughs> you should have a lot of experience
0: certainly and my big passion as kids shoe fitting
1: okay so i mean in in chiropractic practice we often have that question about what should we look for when we're looking for school shoes um what what are your points for the mums and dads out there
0: well it's under a broad term of fitting um we need to have a shoe with a strong heel counter to control the foot we need to have a shoe that is just right like the three bears porridge i suppose you might say but there's a happy medium between too big and too small and you need to have a, the right width fitting will also control the foot so that you have controlled gait you walk a lot better so they are and you of course you must have sufficient length plus just a little bit more to accommodate your growth can't have them too long because that will affect your gait and to have them the correct fitting, I'm afraid, in length, I'm afraid, would render you bankrupt. So right. you have to have a little bit of license when it comes to the length, but never have a shoe too short.
1: Okay. So um, I often see when, when uh, people check their shoes, they put their thumb down the front. Is, is that the, the go-to, uh, like that extra, whatever, that is a centimeter and a half?
0: Um, I think probably a centimeter and a half might be a bit generous, but probably a centimeter uh, is, the, is the increment that you should have.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, now, I'm one of these people, uh, people that know me know I'm long and skinny, and I've got not necessarily long feet, but very skinny feet, uh, and I find that a bit of a challenge, and I know that my children have had that issue, but What what do you feel about this whole thing of, you know, you just go to a sporting goods store and you just grab whatever... The uh, width-wise.
0: Well, in your particular instance, and having a family, of, well, I have had narrow feet, and I've made the mistake of marrying them and breeding them, so oh, I nice. have some great experience <laughs> in this, and it is the most difficult foot to fit. Yeah. If you analyse it a little bit, a person with a very broad foot can wear a shoe that's too long to get the width. Yeah. A person with a very narrow foot can't get the width right and have enough length. So, the narrow foot is an issue um, And we can accommodate that with our school shoes Because we do buy a very narrow, the narrowest fitting that's available And in fact, we used to be the biggest seller Of narrow-fitting school shoes in Australia Oh, really? Because it's my passion and I believe we fit it properly Now, you mentioned the idea of sports shoes I'm not a fan of sports shoes being worn to school They're not designed for school wear They are far too flexible, and beyond that, they don't have the sizes available to get correct width fittings and length. Not many sports shoes come in half lengths. The majority of them are in continental lengths, which are five-eighths of a width of the English-American fitting. Okay. So it's a bigger increment, and then we don't have the scope of widths. Our school shoes come in five different widths, you may be lucky to get a jogger
1: into. Right, yeah, well, uh, that makes good sense. Um, so how how do you know, I mean, I know that you obviously check for this, but how would a parent know uh, that the shoes that they have potentially already bought, whether they're the right width? Can you pull that, you know, how when, if they're too big, you can put your finger on that? Is there something you can easily check for width? Well, basically, the shoe shouldn't pleat across the front of the foot. Okay. That, that's the best
0: indicator, and yeah. that's something that okay. we... have a tendency to do the first thing you'll just check the length and then you'll just run your fingers and try and pinch up the upper and if that pinches up then the shoe is too deep.
1: Okay, yeah well that makes good sense. Uh, Now you mentioned again joggers and school shoes, Uh, one of the things that I know parents like about joggers is that they just stick them in the washing machine when they get stinky.
0: Well they probably have that uh, advantage but the reason that they're stinky is that they're unhealthy because the foot is perspired the shoe is continually damp and the odor comes from a bacteria okay and so if you really wish to can kill the bacteria you're probably better off to stick them in the deep freeze in preference to the washing machine
1: <laughs> okay uh, so what what sort of material would you suggest a school shoe be made should be made from
0: leather with leather linings it's unfortunate there's a trend coming through from Europe now to go to microfiber linings but I'd really love to hang out for leather and at the moment all our school shoes have got a, have a leather lining the advantage being that the shoes breathe however, the most difficult thing to fit and shoe temperature is allied to socks because unfortunately the majority of socks particularly in the school socks are nylon and nylon traps the moisture on the foot yeah. Whereas if you go to a natural fibre, bamboo, wool, cotton, probably cotton is the most likely choice. If you can get it in the school variety, that would be the best. You will find that you take a child's shoes off when they've been wearing the traditional school sock and the shoe feet will be sodden. Yeah. And that is not healthy. But if you put that relate that to joggers, which have also got a synthetic lining... Well, the foot's not breathing at all it's
1: just got its own little personal sauna for
0: how many hours a
1: day uh, no six, it's not a uh, good outcome no no and I would expect that you would uh, potentially be seeing kids coming in with different types of fungal infections then as a result or yes we do
0: see that and I've, like that. I've actually seen feet look like they've been boiled because oh, the goodness. children have worn since they had joggers and nylon socks on for probably 16, 17 hours a day. I have vivid memories of a pair of brothers that came in here one Saturday morning and their feet were appalling. And they get little soggy, soggy build-ups of fluid sacks on the foot. Yeah. And if you walk on a hot pavement, they will burst and you'll peel off the whole sole of your foot.
1: Yeah, so basically, you're talking, you know, the potential for blisters and and all sorts of... Well, that's another issue, of course, with ill-fitting shoes, if
0: you've either got too big or too small. You know, if they're too loose, well, you will get an abrasion, which can be translated into a blister. And the same thing... Even if the shoe is too small, your foot's not flattening down into the shoe, and so it's being forced out of it. So you've almost got the same situation as in a shoe too small. That is too big.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what, what about the sole? What's the best type of sole for a, a school shoe, something that they're wearing for six hours a day?
0: I like to see a fairly firm sole. Of course, it's got to have a, a degree of flex in it, but not as flexible as a jogger. A jogger is designed for running. You're just using your toes and the ball of the foot. Whereas a school shoe is designed for walking and a little bit of running, but predominantly walking, so the shoe is more stable. And it shouldn't the sole shouldn't be too flexible and nor too you shouldn't be able to twist the shoe. Okay. Yeah. It should be stable from under the ball of the foot to the heel.
1: Right. So a uh, twist in the front of the shoe is okay?
0: Probably not even twisting. Okay. You should be able to, ask, could I say, curl it up. Yes. The forefoot of the shoe should flex. Yes. But it shouldn't twist. It
1: shouldn't twist. Okay. Very good. And um, and what about the uh, like the internal support, as in an arch support? Um, I think if you
0: really need, I'll start again on that one. Most of the shoes have a little bit of arch support, but if you really need more than is offered in the shoe, then I am a great advocate of having a proper designed orthosis to fit in the shoe and yeah. support you and I am a believer in starting that process early yeah. because I believe if the shoe is too flexible and the foot is too flexible and your, the child can be hypermobile then that relates to joint wear, knees, ankles, hips, further down the track.
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, so now you're talking about early, um, what's your advice for um, when to start a, if we say a good supportive shoe?
0: I love to see kids walk for about oh, probably four to five weeks, maybe a little bit more, and a lot of that unfortunately depends on the season when the child starts of course, walking. Of so yes. It's hard to have a very hard and fast rule, but I'd like to see you wear them without shoes as long as they're comfortable. I appreciate sometimes, once they've started to walk, they've got this enthusiasm to jump down and run around on the grass and things, and that can be a bit of a danger. But even in that case, maybe just squander a pair of socks and say, well, they're going to get them dirty, uh, and leave it at that. But the idea is that the foot changes quite dramatically once you start to walk under your own uh, steam, so to speak. And you run off the baby fat over the instep quite quickly. Yes. Whereas if you put the shoe on and the child hasn't been exercising their foot in normal gait, the shoe, the foot is too fat and floppy initially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, and when uh, when does that instep develop? Is that as as they start getting well, well, uh, better used to walking or is that something that develops a little bit later? Yeah,
0: a little bit later where I think probably we've got a confusion of terms here because, you know, the okay. instep is like the proper. arch whereas the yeah. instep's is the, the top of the cool. foot.
1: Okay, no, so like, I yeah. mean the arch, arch, you know, the proper yeah, arch. Because please. lots of parents come in and they're quite concerned that their three-year-old has a flat foot. Well,
0: I think uh, the best guide to that is to look at the general posture of the foot and the ankle, you know, um, and there's not to be too much rotation in the ankle you you want to see if the ankle and the knees um, take a vertical line yeah and if you take a probably start from scratch and take a line down the knee down the shin now the weight should then be indicated that line come out at the top of the instep into the middle of the arch but if that line comes down and it almost points to the inside of the foot then it's an indication to me that there is not sufficient arch and it may be worthwhile looking at a support.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what well, well, we have been taught uh, way back when was that that arch uh, is not really fully formed until the age of four? Is that about right? I, think, yeah, I yeah. think
0: you've got better knowledge in that regard
1: than I have. Okay. I'm
0: not on hard... Factors of age, no, just... no, and,
1: and everyone is different, of course, That's right. because you have different body shapes and stuff. Okay, um, so go back to uh, you. You say you have five different types of five different widths, and the widths
0: shoes are available and we tend to really only one four.
1: Okay, and what what uh, what what is your recommendation for parents to uh, to look at for for shoes if if they were to come in here for you? What 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 is it that you want them to to look for and to know when they show up? Um, well,
0: probably have been a, I'm probably a little bit of a dictator when it comes oh, to that. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, people will say to me, I'd like a pair of school shoes, that's fine, Let's use, I'll show you what I think suits.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll agree with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you like the ones with the belt Velcro? Do you, do you prefer tie-ups? Do you prefer the, I don't even know, do they call them Mary Jane with a little strap across mm-hmm. that the girls like? No. I prefer <laughs> lace-ups. Real
0: old school, however, I think you've got to adjust your thinking to the modern age, Um, particularly um, female, little girls, girls like Mary Janes, Um, a good Mary Jane will still offer you quite a bit of support and um, you can uh, fit those up to the end of primary school. They run out of luck once they go to high school because they're not acceptable because of the protection that's needed with a high-fronted shoe. That's right. When it comes down to a boy and Velcro, again, there are pluses and minuses. A Velcro shoe, the child can do them up and keep them reasonably firm. Um, A lace-up, unfortunately, they don't have the skills to be able to keep the laces tight enough. So for a lace shoe to really work, they need to be put on by their parents and left on by uh, that tension. Um, The downside of Velcro though is that kids tend to play with them and so they wear the Velcro out. It can be replaced quite modestly priced repair, so that's not too bad. Um, The only thing is with Velcro you generally only have at the best two straps and so they don't offer the same uniform tension up the foot as a lace, but If you had the option between a loose lace and a tight Velcro, I'd go to Velcro.
1: Okay. Uh, That sounds good. And a lot of, again, younger primary school kids, they're definitely, you know, in and out of classrooms, got to take them off a 100 times. I'm sure the teachers would prefer not (laughs) to.
0: But but then as the child gets a little bit maturity, they should be able to handle their own laces. And uh, I do think that parents could probably take a little bit more interest in teaching their kids to do laces before
1: they do. (laughs) Maybe. Um, uh, What was I just going to ask you? Um, Oh, yeah, with regards to the health of a person overall and the relation to health of feet or schools you fit, do you feel that there's a correlation in, in that? Level?
0: I feel there is, it probably doesn't manifest itself till when the child will think that the, the age is so that they're ancient and they're close to the grave, but that's not the truth in r- real life. Um, you know, we see so many people now in orthotics in their 30s or even less, and I think a lot of that can be prevented if you probably start with correction of the foot earlier but that's a decision to be made between the parent and professional Um, i um, look at the idea that with stabilizing the foot early um, controls the wear in the joints and i'm a believer that in the future because of the proliferation of good podiatrists and orthotics that there won't be the same amount of knee and hip replacements. Oh, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? And I that's... think I think that's going to be a byproduct of, of good podiatry.
1: Yeah. And do you? I mean, this is a complete aside, but do you see that in your your shop at all? With, with I, I realise that maybe the older generation that would have more uh, issues with their joints, they probably haven't had the, the benefit of the podiatrists. But do you see that maybe in, in that middle age? I haven't got evidence of it yet, yeah.
0: but I can just see it happening um, because people are taking more care of their feet. Yeah. And the other thing is, despite what you might think of the financial situation of the world, I think there is a little bit more of expendable income on health than there used to be. Yes. Um, one of the most distressing parts of my life have been fitting into uh, nursing homes and things where people have not had the money to have decent shoes They've got themselves into this age category and their children are saying, we don't care what it costs, just fit them with a pair of shoes. And yet the damage has been done because yeah. they haven't had good shoes in their earlier stages of life. Yeah. But you can't blame the people for that because their financial situation has been such that they just literally couldn't afford it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. luckily we're not in, most of us are not in that situation yes. anymore. it's yeah, yes. very good for us. Do you have any uh, thoughts on particular exercises for feet?
0: No, I really don't, other than possibly walking barefoot on dry sand. Okay, and dry sand because it Changes shape a lot? Yes. yeah. Okay. You, you ah. can't walk on dry sand without exercising the toes.
1: Okay, well, I really like you for that. <laughs> that that's one of the things we prescribe for our people, our <laughs> people. Okay. Um, do you have a particular piece of advice that you can offer parents that may be listening to this um, podcast? I
0: um, don't know about advice, but an observation. School shoes, I think need to be not only of good quality but they really need to be correctly fitted now i know that's coming down to promote my business but it's a passion of mine and i'm sorry i see so many ill-fitting school shoes come from other outlets because the outlets won't employ experienced staff and in fact in a lot of cases this day and age the experience is just not there, no. it's gone. No. And I've been told I'm a dinosaur in this regard, and anyway, I'm happy to <laughs> I haven't gone into extinction, but um, the fitting of the shoe, regardless of the quality, you, you can have the very best quality, but if it's not fitted, you've just wasted your money. And yeah. uh, So just don't be hoodwinked to the idea, oh, but I bought the best quality. You must have good fitting as well. Um, And the other side is of the cost of the good product. I don't deny that they are reasonably expensive. There's a reason why they're so expensive, because it costs about $10,000 a size range to get them set up. So the factories have got to amortise that cost over their shoes. They're very expensive to produce, and you need big stocks to be able to do that. But the other thing is a good school shoe, correctly fitted, should last the whole school year. Yes. Now, there are, the cheaper product, you'll buy multiple pairs, and if yeah. you add it up in the end, the good product will be the cheapest.
1: Yeah. yeah. That, oh, my goodness, I experience that every day with these little kids where mum says, no, 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 and, and just one more week, one more week before we, you know, end of term or whatever, and we just have to go in these shoes with holes. Well, <laughs> I don't disagree strapped with you. on with tape and
0: <laughs> um, We get to the stage... Probably the last few weeks of November, a lot of children have grown out of their shoe and they'll come and ask for a new pair of shoe, school shoes and I'll refuse to sell them um, because that affects the duration that you're going to get out of them next year because you grow so much over the school holidays. Um, Weedfuls, all sorts of tricks, pull the inner soles out. It doesn't give you any extra length. It gives you a little bit extra width. And, yeah. and if it comes to those last few weeks, well, then you revert to the jogger and say, well... It's not for very long.
1: No, that's right, just cope. Okay, and finally, um, people may or may not know where you are. Tell us who you are and where you are and how people can find you.
0: I'm Ivor Davies. I own Davies Shoes in Mayfield. A quick history lesson. My father started the business in 1927, so we've been around 92 years. We've been in Mayfield 80 years. Um, Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yes, that was... uh, I aim to be here a whole lot longer.
1: Good for you. <laughs> I like it. So, um, what, what's your street address?
0: 272 Maitland Road, Mayfield. Our phone number is 0249681785. Or our email address is davies underscore shoes at hotmail.com. Unfortunately, I'm not that electronically minded, so occasionally our Facebook and our, is not up to date, but we're always here to sell the shoes that's what we need thank you so much for your time a pleasure a real pleasure the opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of family chiropractic or the host brought to you by Family Chiropractic Centre Charlestown serving the families in Newcastle Lake Macquarie and Charlestown